if you really truly focus on not finding the one, but becoming the one that's going to attract the one. Mm -hmm. So rather than going out and finding somebody that's going to fit in your puzzle, as you're putting your puzzle together, realizing that, you know, as I'm doing this, what kind of person do I want to attract? Who do I need to become in order to be, you know, that king, the true king? You're listening to the Art of Kings podcast show, where our mission is to change the world through men's development. If you're interested in mastering self, building generational wealth, and creating an impactful legacy, then be sure to hit subscribe and join the strongest family on the face of the earth. Peace, family. Welcome to another episode of the Art of Kings podcast show. As always, I'm your host, Sean Stevens. Today, I'm joined with a very special guest who I will announce in a moment. But first, if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, pause this episode. Be sure to follow or subscribe depending on what platform you're listening to this on. As you guys know, we're on all platforms. So be sure to join the community. Give us a five-star review, of course, if you feel that it is appropriate. And be sure to leave some comments below. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. And we just love to interact with the Art of Kings community. So with all that being said, my guest for today, relationship coach and host of Married Into Crazy podcast, Ernie Kaysen. Ernie, how we doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. Coast to coast, man. Sharing that love. How you doing? Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm good, man. I'm glad that you're here spending some time with us today. I'm looking forward to it. Likewise, likewise. I told my wife that uh, I was looking forward to doing this. Actually, I told my daughters as well. Yeah, and they were like, "Oh, he's twenty? Is he single?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead, man. I was, yo. This is one of the spaces. Like I just was just saying before we even hopped on the podcast, we haven't spoken about yet on the on the show at all. And we always allude to like we always speak about you know the importance of of having the right spouse, of becoming that man who you know becoming a great husband before you are one, which is actually what we're going to be focusing on today. So I'm super excited for it, man. Likewise. Like, you know, I'm just excited to be in your presence because um, I'm not going to say it's rare, but it's one of those things to, to it's wonderful to meet a man as young as you are that is actually focused on those things that are going to give longevity um, yeah. to the legacy that you're creating as yeah. opposed to just looking at the, the acute, the, the things that are right here, right? You see beyond your nose and there's a lot of young, a lot of youth, probably different cultures. I can't see beyond their nose. And, and mm -hmm. I see laying groundwork for being a true king, which means, you know, leading others for uh, a long period of time and creating a legacy that goes beyond you. So I'm excited to be in your presence as well. Oh, man, uh, it's, I appreciate it, man. That's what we're here to do. And that's one of the reasons that, you know, I created the podcast in the first place. I love to hear from people like yourself, learn about all the things that I feel like it's important for me to focus in on and be able to share it with you guys listening to the podcast, the Art of Kings community. So let's jump into this episode, man. So the topic is becoming a husband before you actually are one. So I'm not even going to speak too much on that right now. I'll let you speak on it because I know some of the listeners are like, what do you mean become a husband before you are one? Like a husband means that you're married. So it's, it's not possible to become a husband before you're married. So talk a little bit about uh, a little bit about that. What does it mean to become a husband before you're married and why is that even important to do well, I mean, the challenge is that the great majority of us and myself included uh, we're not taught by our fathers to become a husband mm. uh, we're taught to actually you know become men stand on your own two feet you know be a provider be that individual that can actually be self-sustaining get a job get your education do those types of things right no one says okay hey son this is what it means to be in a relationship to actually uh, be able to stand beside your woman and give her support and to be able, it, nobody gives us that type of training. Mm. Um, on the flip side, just to be honest, just to be fair, nobody teaches women for the most part, um, how to become wives. Mm. We, we teach them how to become young, you know, strong, independent black women to continue mm. to, to grow and all that. So we're not taught how to truly be in a relationship more times than not. Mm. So the challenge is that we reach a point where we feel like we're ready financially mentally spiritually then it's like okay now i need a wife i built the kingdom so now i need a queen 
Yeah, and then we find that queen who we think is the appropriate one. And, you know, we, we ask her to walk through life with us. And then at that point, we start to discover what it means to be, oh, wait, you mean I can't do what I want to do at all times? I got I to gotta check in with you? Or what's that all about? You know, like, no, I was, I was doing this long before you. So why do I got to change the way I did things? What I did got me here. Right. And more to, on the side, other side of the coin, she's thinking the same thing. Like, hey, what I was doing got me here. Why do I need to change? Because you both have a level of success. Mm. And that's where the challenge is. That's why we're marriage coaches. That's what we deal with more than not having these two separate identities come together and then try to figure out, oh, how do we move forward as a unit now? Mm. And what we've discovered is that it takes time. And, and if you really truly focus on not finding the one, but becoming the one that's going to attract the one. Mm -hmm. So rather than going out and finding somebody that's going to fit in your puzzle, as you're putting your puzzle together, realizing that, you know, as I'm doing this, what kind of person do I want to attract? Who do I need to become in order to be, you know, that king, the true king? Mm -hmm. So that means that, okay, well, what does it mean to be a husband? Right. If I want to attract a certain type of woman, that means that I have to be a certain type of man. So I need to be intentional about how I move, not just in my finances, not just in my business, not just in my health, mm -hmm. not just in my wealth. Okay. I need to know how I'm moving when it comes to representing the type of man that is going to attract the type of woman that I want as well. I, and I, that's what it means to to think about becoming a husband long before you ever get the title. Mm, I love it, man. And I want all of our community members to really think about everything that you just said, because it has been ingrained in our society, especially in the man's culture, to be the one to actively seek out the the woman. Like, that's just kind of been what's ingrained in our culture, like men are the ones who are pursuing women. And in that, you know, in that narrative, I think one of the things that comes with that is kind of neglecting the idea of attracting that woman and being the the individual, like you said, who can attract that kind of, you know, the woman that you look to have. And I think in that kind of dynamic, that is where we lose sight of becoming a husband before you actually are one because we're so caught up in trying to get this this woman like we see this person wherever it is and like oh yeah this is the one i want like let me go let me get that person and and you know it leaves a lot of room for error like where we said in terms of our own personal development and again becoming the husband before we actually are one so we're going to talk about exactly how to do that how do we become a husband before we are one, what are the steps that we have to take? What are the questions more specifically that we are going to have to ask ourselves? So we've met before this and we talked about some of the questions that are essential to look in the mirror and ask yourself in order to prepare for this role that you are going to eventually play in order to become a husband, even while you are still single. And so one of the first questions that we thought about that you have to look in the mirror and ask yourself what are my core values? And so talk a little bit about that. Why is that such an important question for us to look in the mirror and ask in terms of, you know, and important for us to ask so that we can become husbands before we are married? It, it always comes back to intentionality, mm -hmm. right? We have to be intentional about who we want. Look, you've built multiple businesses, and it didn't happen by happenstance, right? You had to be very intentional about what you wanted to do, who your audience was, who your avatar is, who you're reaching out to. So when we're looking in the mirror and we're, we're looking, somebody's looking back at us and we have to understand that that person that's looking back at us, I have, that, I have to love that individual that's looking back at me, but I also have to respect that individual that's looking back at me. And so when you start talking about core principles, it's like, what do I truly believe? Mm. What, what's going to drive me on a day to day? Right. If we're talking about relationships, what do I truly believe? And and who, what type of person do I want to attract that has the same type of beliefs? Because mm. if you don't know what you believe for, you'll fall for anything. Yeah. Right. What's that old saying? You know, if yeah. you don't know what you stand for, you'll fall for anything. Right. 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 It comes to your core beliefs. So what ends up happening is I don't really know what I'm all about. I just know I got the bag. I got the swag. I, I'm doing <laughs> my thing. And I'm at the club and you're, you're, you're attracted to fool's gold. Mm. She looks good, smells good, 
<laughs> but she might be as crazy as the day is long. <laughs> and it's going to drive you nuts. And you start to find that our, our values don't align at all or something's amiss and you don't know quite what that is. But it's not until you get deep into the relationship where you realize like, well, you don't want the same things I want. You don't believe in the same things that I believe. Why are we even together? The sex mm -hmm. might be good. You know, you might have fun in the moment and you, you might think that, okay, you know what? I I'm just living for the now. Mm -hmm. That's really setting you up for failure in the long run. Mm -hmm. So if you really take a moment to think about, okay, what do I truly believe? What do I stand for? Mm -hmm. Then when you're out there, you know, with the fellas, when you're out there with your friends, we're out there in these social settings, business mixers, what have you you know, you're going to carry yourself a certain way if you know what you're all about. And that's what's going to attract another person. Somebody that's just all about the, the superficial things, they might see you and think, oh, okay, that, 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 that brother looks good. But then when they hear you talk and the things you're talking about, you're like, oh, he's too deep. Or, no, nah, I'm, I'm not even about all that right now. Let me let me just switch over to this other crowd. Yeah. But the sister that's right for you is going to be like, okay, I, I feel what you're saying. And she yeah. might want to learn more. Mm. That's where it all starts, that conversation. Again, it comes back to attracting the right individual. Because if you know your core values, you know what you stand for, the person that, that has very similar values is going to be able to get in that conversation with you. And it's going to go beyond just a, a two to five minute conversation. Then it's going to be like, hey, you know, let's get some coffee or let's go have a drink or let's sit down and have lunch. And you're going to find that it's very easy talking to this other individual about life, about the things, the dreams, the goals. Mm. Because you're aligned, you're vibrating on a frequency that that resonates with each other. Mm, yeah, it's hard to vibrate and resonate with someone if you don't even know what you're about. Mm, I love it, and you know one of the things that one of the things that came to my mind when uh, when you were talking just now is one. First of all, a lot of people don't know their core values, which is why it's important to really look in the mirror and and think about these things and deliberate on them. And our second question is kind of a follow up to the first question, but even some people who might have ideas of what their core values are, like maybe they can't articulate them yet, but they have these core feelings that are like, okay, I, I'm passionate about this. I don't like this. I don't want to associate myself with this because when I do, it kind of just makes me feel weird internally. And a lot of people are kind of in that state where they have these feelings where they kind of, you know, have these feelings, but they are not able to yet articulate what they are. And yet they don't live kind of according to at least those feelings, right? Because socially, maybe that's not what's popular or trending, right? We live in a social media era. We have a lot of different distractions and things that you can easily access that don't typically align with a lot of, let's say, like our core values and different things like that. And especially for like a younger audience, like these are not things that are being emphasized enough. And so even when you have these kinds of core values, it's still sometimes difficult to fully live in them, carry yourself according to your core values, regardless of where you go, regardless of who you're around. And I say that to say, and this kind of leads into not the next question that we spoke about, but the question that kind of came to my mind, right? You never really know where you might meet your significant other, I guess. Right. And so I think when you just you you just saying that it's like it's so important to walk in those core values, regardless of where you are, because you never know who you might meet and you never know if that person, you know, that is right for you is in the area that you're that you're going to. But a lot of us don't walk in those core values, even the ones that we just feel inside, but we can't articulate yet. We don't walk completely aligned with who we know we are, who we want to be regardless of where we are and regardless of who's around. So do you think those people who are kind of in that state, because I know there's a lot of people who are in that state are potentially missing out on connections, not even just with their potential significant other, but even, you know, good friends and maybe lifelong like partners or relationships. It's a great question. And my gut instinct is that no, they're not missing out because the season you're in is the season you're in for a specific reason. Mm. And it's hard to sit there. And, and I don't want anybody to, to walk away from this conversation. and think that, oh, I might be missing out. Cause then you talk about FOMO and all that. Right. And, right. And, and what you're going through is what you're going through. Look who I am. Look, I, my wife and I've been married for almost 27 years mm. and uh, I'm old by all your standards. <laughs> um, but 
who I am today is a culmination of all of my experiences from the past. Hmm. And, and so it, they had value each and everything. So what you're going through, you might be 19 and trying to figure it out. Don't think you're missing out on something or you're missing out on somebody because you don't feel like you're doing the right things. There's no such thing. You, but look, you're making a decision, then you're making it right. Hmm. So there's going to be a lot of, of tinkering. There's going to be a lot of adjustments that are taking place. You have to give yourself grace. Now, when it comes to the, the situation of, okay, well, I might miss out on that person because maybe she shows up now and I'm not ready for her or I'm doing something, I'm wilding out, whatever. Yeah. But my wife and I joke all the time. If she would have met me in my 20s, there's no way, uh, in my early 20s, there's no way. She would have kept on walking. There's no way in the world. Right. I, plus, I wouldn't have been prepared for her. Right. Right. So don't feel like you're missing out on something, but do know this, that there are seasons. Mm-hmm. And what you're learning right now has value. Now, I'm not saying go out there and wild out on purpose and just, <laughs> and just you know, just be dumb. Yeah. Because um, look, I, look, when I was 20, I was 10 feet tall and bulletproof as far yeah. as I was concerned. <laughs> and the thing you need to recognize is that the thing you're going through, there's a lesson there. And everything that you're doing, there's a lesson to be learned. If you can recognize that and just know that there's something here for me to learn, get that experience. I'm not going to say right or wrong, but get that experience and just know that there is going to play some role in who you're going to become later on. And the greatest question I can ask for you is that, okay, so if I'm like yours, you're 20, if I'm 20, is what I'm doing right now, will 25-year-old Scion appreciate or be upset with what I'm about to do? Mm. Is this going to actually add to my value or is it going to detract from it? Mm. Ask yourself that. And And I can honestly look back and think that there were things that I was doing when I was 19, 20, 21, even all the way up to like 24, 25 years of age. There was a little voice. There was something inside me that told me what I was doing was wrong. That right. told me I was in the wrong relationship. That told me that I was in the wrong environment. Mm. But I did it because I was with my boys. Or I did it because that's what the culture said I needed to do at that time. That's right. what that song said. That's what that lyric said. That's what... I, and I actually felt it like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to do this. Right. And when it was all said and done, I'm hanging my head like, why did I do that? Why was I here? Or I knew that. But you you try and make adjustments at that point thinking, okay, you know what? It is what it is. I'm going to keep it moving. Right. You learn from that. If that voice is speaking to you, all I'm saying is find a quiet place where you can listen to it and reevaluate like, was it worth it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, you know then that gets into meditation and all those kinds of things that are so important for us to do to really just connect with our core values and connect with what is actually important to us. And so that being said, I want to segue kind of into the next question, which is following up on this question. And that is understanding where these core values are stemming from. And so before we jump into the importance of asking ourselves where our core values are stemming from, I believe personally, before you, you know, jump into it with the expertise. <laughs> I, I personally believe that for us, you know, for us men who are looking to change the standards of a lot of things. Uh, when I see the, when I see a lot of systems that are in place, I wonder who created them. Cause I'm like, these are terrible. Why does society run like this? Why do we think that we have to act this way? Why do we think that is okay to act this way? Like there's just so many different things in place that I'm like, this is terrible. And I believe that it is our responsibility to recreate the 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 norm of how we interact with others, how we interact with ourselves, how we interact with our goals and our dreams and our aspirations, how we interact with our spouse, more specifically, like all of these things are extremely important, right? And so when it comes to creating new things, we have to ask ourselves where these where our current values are stemming from, because it could be stemming from a system or belief that we don't necessarily agree with. But because we grew up in that, it kind of becomes second nature to just follow it, right? There's so many things that I heard growing up that I didn't really think too much about, but I'm just now realizing like, dang, I kind of do live my life in accordance to it in some capacity, even though if you ask me right now, I'll be like, no, I don't agree with that. And so I think that's personally, that's why I feel like it's so important, but talk a little bit about it. Why is it important to realize where the core values are stemming from and how can we even begin to 
start learning about where our core values even stem from? Look, man, the greatest question I can I can offer you is question everything. Yeah. <laughs> Take nothing at face value. Right. Um, there's a guy. So, you know, like, a, so there's there's a motivational speaker. Uh, he's actually the number one motivational speaker in the world. Uh, Eric Thomas. Everybody knows him as E.T. Right. He has a, um, I'm one of his coaches, but he has a, a right-hand man by the name of Mustafa Gohm, who actually hails from Queens as well. Right. And, and Moose asked a question to our, we had a small group in probably about a year, maybe a year and a half, almost two years ago. And he said, what if everything you know to be true is actually wrong? How would that change things in your life? And he was talking about, you know, your dietary restrictions, how you approach relationships, how you approach business. And he says, no borders, no, no boundaries. What if everything you know to be true is actually wrong. How would that change the way you approach certain things in your life? And we got to ask ourselves, you know, like who handed me that baton? Whatever I'm running with right now, who handed it to me? Who told me I was supposed to treat my woman this way? Right. Am I mimicking what my my uncle did, what my dad did, what my grandfather did? If they were all absent, what I saw on TV, what I saw in popular culture, uh. who told me that I'm supposed to treat business clients this way? Mm. What if there's a different way? Who told me that I'm supposed to be this kind of friend? Mm. Yeah, yeah. And you I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, go ahead. No, I'm gonna say, I mean, there's, I mean, we can get it all different. I mean, we can go down so many different paths with this. Right. But realistically, when it comes to our culture, you know, I, I think that it behooves us to ask, not saying we devalue the information, the people that have poured into us, For sure. but simply ask, why is that? Why is that the truth? Was that, that was their truth. Is this is this my truth? Am I willing to actually ask myself that? Look, but don't ask yourself a question you're not willing to hear the answer to. Okay. Right? Because when you start going down this path of self-discovery and it, some things are going to get revealed to you that aren't going to feel great. That's going to require you to put in more work. Mm. Yeah. If you're not yeah. ready to do the work, don't ask yourself these questions. But I will tell you that if you put in the work, it's going to lead you down paths and, and bring you pots of gold that you never imagined simply because it required more work. If more people did the work, there were a lot, there'll be a lot more people that are spiritually, emotionally, physically, um, financially satisfied right. as opposed to always in the hunt, looking for that next great thing. Mm, right. And so to, to kind of connect that to becoming a husband, right. When it comes to when it comes to being a husband and when it comes to being in a relationship that you're looking to really build out into something amazing, asking ourselves where our core values stem from might be a little bit daunting for those who, again, don't know their own core values, because then it's like, what do I go based off of? Like, what am how do I interact with my woman? How do I you know, navigate through being a husband and eventually, you know, father and all of these things, like where do they come from? And so for that person who even does have some core values, but then decides to question all of the other things and then sees like, oh, these things don't align with my core values. It takes a degree of confidence and faith to then go completely according to your own core values. So what piece of advice would you have for that person who it's kind of stepping outside of their, you know, belief system that they've grown up in and maybe their father or their uncle or their grandfather, like you said, didn't, you know, interact with their wife this way or with their significant other this way. And they were like, no, this is that that's not the way that I want to you know, treat my wife. That's not the way I want to treat my woman. What kind of advice would you have for that person? on that journey being that they might feel a little bit alone and at times they might question like, you know, is what I'm doing right? Uh, what piece of advice do you have for that person? Honestly, start small. Hmm. Don't, don't, don't try and think about, okay, I got to determine all my core beliefs. It's got to be five, six. Don't create a list. Just start with one. All right. Start with one. Like what, what is the, what is the most important thing to you right now? Like what gets you up in the morning to get out the door when it's cold, when it's snowing, there's three feet of snow on the ground. You got to shovel your way out to the sidewalk to get to wherever you're going, whether it be a job, a career, school, what have you. What's the most important thing to you? 
right? And when you ask yourself, what's that most important thing? Whatever that may be, the next question is going to determine what your core belief is. Why? Why is that thing important to me? Uh, right. You're going to wrestle with it. I'm going to be honest with you. It's not an easy question to ask. But when you wrestle with it and you sit there and you think it, you turn it over and turn it over. And it may not come to you that day, that week, that month. But if you revisit that occasionally, you're going to start thinking, well, why is that? Well, this is why. There's a, there's a thing. I did a TED talk in New Jersey um, for a large healthcare company a while back. And as we were developing and I was getting trained for this TED talk, they had this thing called the five whys. Mm. Keep asking yourself why. Why is that important? And why would your audience want to hear that? And why would you, why would this be important to somebody else? Right. And every time you, you come up with an answer, there's another why. Mm. Do the why five times. Well, why is that important to you? Well, I want to get out and make money. Well, why is that important? Because I want to actually, you know, get that bag so I can actually be able to live the way I want to live. Why? Well, why do you want to live the way you want to live? What, what, what's, what's that all about? Right. Well, because somebody placed restrictions on me. Da, 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 da. Okay. And how did that make you feel when they did that? Yeah. Well, let me feel like this. But why? Why did it make you feel that way? You know, but you're asking yourself these questions. Right. And as you're doing that why and you start to whittle down, that's going to give you probably your most, your biggest core value. Do mm -hmm. the exact same thing when it comes to, you know, what kind of person do you want to spend the rest of your life with? Why? And then do the five whys in that respect. That's going to start to determine what you deem as most important to you. And that's how you get to your core values. Yeah, I love that. That's that's so dope. And I never even thought about that. But I have heard I have heard like little challenges and questionnaires and stuff that allude to a similar kind of idea. And it's just it's just so interesting that that's what it takes for us to get to our truth. Like. Ideally, I'd love to grow up. Well, I mean, it's too late, but like for like my grandkids and my great grandkids to be able to grow up in a kind of society that is 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 just so in tune that on the first question on on the first why we can be like, this is this is why. And it's kind of like for us what our fifth why would be in our sixth why. And I don't know what kind of work we'd have to do to get to that kind of place but it's just it's just pretty interesting just kind of thinking out loud on that one it's just interesting what we have to go through to get to our like deepest deepest truth because they're always buried just they're buried so deep and it's just it's just so interesting but to, it's frustrating well, yeah. it's extremely frustrating because yeah. some of the answers you're going to get aren't going to serve the here and now Right. It's not going to be it's not going to give you that good feeling that you want right now. We want right. that satisfaction. Yeah. This is delayed gratification. Yeah. 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 I mean, we're not all built for that up front. Look, I could give you all the answers you can have a million guests that come on here and give all the answers to the test. And the truth of the matter is, if your audience is in 100 different countries, you got listenership of 100,000 people. One percent of one percent are going to take the information and actually do something with it right yeah 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 it's man it's crazy it's crazy to even put it that way which is you know it's true like we can talk as much as we want about all of these things but you know it only turns into impact which is what we're here for when you guys as listeners internalize it and actually start living by your own core values like that's what we're encouraging to talk about um we're encouraging our listeners to do right now um and especially if you're looking to attract that woman who you really want to be with right and so i think that this kind of the the last question or one of the last questions that we had kind of piggybacks off of the other things that we were just saying and it was just thinking about are these core values you know are they developed are they have been they been passed down to you like you know, again, like what we were saying, learning about where these core values stem from. And so to kind of just talk a little bit more about that and really just understanding whether these were developed or passed down. For me, it's so important because you see a lot of people who kind of grow up to be very much so like their parents. And as much as a lot of people try and fight that or like think I'm never going to grow up to be 
like my parents and they end up doing it anyways and like they don't even realize it's always so interesting to me and so i think that this question really like i think that this question really could get to the get to the bottom of that like understanding whether or not your character your characteristics or behaviors that you exhibit were developed or just passed down to you from your parents or pop culture or any other people who you kind of learned from growing up it's so funny you say that because uh I don't care how old you are, how young you are, what generation you're from. I think we all have the same mantra. I'm not going to be like my parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we end up like them. I can't tell you how many times I'm like, man, I am my father's son or I'm my mother's child. Uh, because I'll end up doing the exact same things or saying the same things that I swore I would never do. Right. But even to that point, though, we have to recognize that we are constantly becoming. We're not, we're just, we're not, we, we exist, but we're just not it. We're constantly becoming. When we stop becoming is basically when they start throwing dirt on us and mm. we're dead. Right. So in that becoming, you have to realize that yeah, some things you're going to, you're going to inherit, but it mm. comes down to being a choice. You have to decide whether I want to hold on to these things or if I want to add on to it, or if I want to toss it and start with something new. Right. That's like what our whole concept for being married in a crazy, crazy actually stands for an acronym that my wife and I came up with and it wasn't something that we had to get away from what was handed to us mm. by her mother, by my mother, my father, um, her father, because like my dad was married, you know, God was his soul, but he was married four times. Mm. My mother was married three times. Mm. They weren't the ideal uh, model of, of longevity when it came to marriage. Right. And I knew I didn't want that. My wife had a very similar situation with her parents. So we came up with crazy. So we knew that we wanted to become more compassionate, mm -hmm. real, accountable, zealous, and yielding within our relationship. Mm -hmm. But that came on the heels of us facing a divorce. She asked mm -hmm. for a divorce four years into our marriage because we didn't have, we were too busy mimicking what we thought we were supposed to be as to becoming our own holy, I, I guess, entertained unit, mm -hmm. our whole selves within our, and what we were trying to build. So we actually had to build that ourselves, right? So in doing that, we had to determine what that was. Yeah. And so I think that every person that you're talking to or that you, that's listening to you right now is going to have to build it over time. We didn't come up with that overnight. We did, definitely didn't have it when we said, I do. Mm. Right. So there is a becoming. So it's not that you're stuck with it. You can find these things and realize, you know what? That you can witness something like, yeah, that's right. You know, when you see truth. And when you see that truth, it's like, okay, yeah, I think that that's something that really resonates with me. Investigate it. It might be like, you know what? I'm on this fitness journey and these guys are talking about doing CrossFit and I'm not feeling that. But right. I just saw this other thing where I saw this dude, you know, you know, I, I might have saw David Goggins or somebody doing these ultras. Now that speaks to me. I can do something like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, investigate that. Both fitness. But one truth resonates with you more than the other. Mm. So now investigate a little bit further. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, that's that's so dope, man. So you kind of spoke on something that I wanted to touch on as well. And that is kind of getting down to like the the root of um the root of I wouldn't say the issue, but something that doesn't really get spoken about a lot in men's culture. And the question, I guess, to get to it really quickly is what really has to be developed in order to become a good husband that society neglects to tell us. And I think in men's culture, we and and I'm, you know, this includes me as as well, um, you know, breaking out of it, of course. But the way that we kind of come up to be like to prepare for being in a relationship financially you have to get your finances together make sure that you're good with that and i know in like my family and everything exercise and stuff is like huge and you know that's something that i love as well so we just think about like like physically like be prepared like you're going to be a husband you're going to be the man of the house you're going to be a father like you want to be strong you want to be physically strong you want to be disciplined you want to do all of those things and yes these things are all true but I think it just like stops there for the most part, right? There's no talk about 
emotional development or anything else that might be really important. And so I want to know from you, outside of financially, outside of physically, what do you deem as the most important thing to develop before getting into a relationship and to become that husband before you actually are one? A great question. Confidence. Mm. Self-confidence. Mm. Knowing that you, you were born with a purpose and, and that you have to you have to be able to love who's looking back in the mirror. Because a lot of times the things that we do are an extension of what we believe in ourselves, right? We like to project certain things. All right. And if you have that self-confidence knowing that I was created in, in, in God's image and that I am. So God's name, technically, Yahweh is I am. Mm. And if you can look in the mirror and go, I am, and be happy with what you see, I think that's the greatest thing. Because ultimately, where you're talking about finances, you're talking about spirituality, where you're talking about your, your physical being, you know, you, you, you're striving for something, but you have to find and reach a point where you know that I'm enough. Mm. Yeah. And in knowing that, that means that when I go to work and somebody's like hating on me because I wear my hair a certain way, I have a certain style and it's not accepted in this particular corporate culture. <laughs> I don't give a rip because I'm enough. Right. I, right. I'm still going to perform on how I know I'm supposed to perform. You meet an individual, you have, a, you meet a sister that doesn't, you know, like the way you walk or the car you drive or the, the your, your degree or the type of business that you're running or what have you. That's fine because you know what, guess what? I'm enough. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, you yeah. know, and, and so everybody's not going to have the physical stature that you have. So somebody else is like, well, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't do that. I like to code. I don't, I don't go to the gym. I spend extra time, you know, developing new things. I'm trying to disrupt the next wave of whatever business might be out there. Right. When you meet somebody that, that's, that appreciates you, that doesn't appreciate you for your intellectual capabilities. Mm. That's okay. Right. You know what? No. If you have that self-confidence and knowing that, I think on that, you can build everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. And we saying it, we saying it <laughs> like that inner talk is is understanding I'm enough. Well, on the outside, here, you know, it's just like you just fly. You a fly dude, right? That's, that's what it is. But that what that is, is like, now nah, I know I'm enough. So it's like, I don't like, like he said, like, it don't matter if you don't like, let me not say, you know, uh, it don't matter. But like, even if you're somebody who doesn't go to the gym or you're somebody who doesn't, you know, drive a, a crazy car, whatever it is, you're still going to be you're still going to be a fly dude if you understand like and you carry yourself like, nah, I'm enough. I know what I do is dope. Like you still like there's just no getting around it. And and so I kind of want to I want to touch on that a little bit. First of all, I actually want to ask that understanding in your relationship because i'm assuming you might not have came to that conclusion before you were married that seems like something that you you know learned in your marriage what what changed in your marriage after that understanding came to be where they're like less argue less less maybe petty arguments less you know like what changed in your relationship after you had that understanding everything everything changed yeah <laughs> bro because the the well, first off, to a certain extent, on a, on a very subconscious level, my wife and I were competing with each other. Mm. Yeah. Because I was, you know, I'm going to be the man. I'm going to do this. I'm going to provide, you know, and you're going to listen to me. No, I'm an independent sister, you know, da, 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 I'm, you know <laughs> and I got something to add to this too, and you can't take away from. And, and so <laughs> it, it was a one-upmanship. We weren't yeah. doing it purposefully. That's how we were trained. Right. But when you recognize that I'm enough, mm you also start to realize that I don't need to compete. Mm. My wife and I stopped competing and we started collaborating. Mm. And you know what? And I, I'm talking about from a relationship standpoint, but on a side note, we need to do that as brothers. We need to stop competing with each other and start collaborating. We can accomplish so much more together as a brotherhood, mm. as opposed to competing with each other thinking, I got to get mine. Right. That's a fact. That's a fact. When you compete more, I'm going to tell you right now, every single I mean, going back and, you know, rap. I mean, we just celebrated 50 years of, of rap. Yes, sir. Right? Yeah. <laughs> My favorite songs have been the collabos. Yeah. Things that I rocked to probably more than anything in my youth was when you had dudes that all of a sudden you was like, oh, and everybody, these, these, everybody came together. 
Yeah. Right. I mean, there, I mean, there was stuff that jumped that, that was individuals. What's some of them? I'm, I'm curious. This is a segue. What was what's some of them? What, what you what were you bumping? <laughs> so no, I mean, so I I hate to say it, but like so back in I'm very West Coast. Okay. Right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I'm thinking back back before Pac was even truly exposed before he before he was known. Right. Yeah, digital underground. You had a lot of West Coast rappers that uh, West Coast rappers that came together that were doing things, helping each other out. Mm. And then you would listen like, ah, oh, okay. So like digital underground had a bunch of di- different dudes, mm. uh, but even on the East Coast, right. right? So then you you got um ah uh, you could put me on the spot. Uh, <laughs> so when you had Busta before Busta was even anything, right? Buster Rhymes, and mm. you had um, uh, I know you're talking about. I you yeah, uh, it's it's slipping my it's slipping my mind too. And this is I'm from New York, so yeah. But so but anyway, but it was all the collaborations. When you hear that, you're like, oh, and then you hear the different voices come together. It was like everybody had a place where they had a strength, but they came together. It was like super friends coming together, right? It was like yeah, yeah. yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you watch Marvel, right? Right. So the these superheroes are great individually in their own. But they weren't truly a force mm-hmm. until they came together and found how to actually complement each other. Same mm-hmm. thing when it comes to relationships. Mm-hmm. So you think about you and your potential spouse or the person that you're meeting and the person that you're dating mm-hmm. as not being, you know, individual superheroes. But when you come together and you recognize that my strength is this, and it might actually lend itself to your strength, and your strength may lend itself to me. When you figure out how to actually make that work together, you're unstoppable. Yeah, because people think about they think about the world in 180 degrees. Mm-hmm. We talk about you know when you when you meet somebody you stand side to side right shoulder to shoulder. Mm. That's a fallacy, because if you stand shoulder to shoulder, you both if you're if we're standing next to each other, we can see in front of us, but our peripheral vision only gives us about 180 degrees of vision. Mm. If I stand back to back with you, I got your back, you got my back. And we're talking to each other and we're communicating. Now we got 360 degrees of vision. Mm, that's 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 powerful. I I never even I never even thought about that, but like I had to think about it for a second. I do, even to this very moment, it's changing right now in real time. Like I did think about relationships. Like when you think of a relationship, like you think about it as a side side by side thing. Like that's just what comes to your mind. Like Bob, like Bob, she's by my side. Like that's what you. That's just what we're we're thinking about. But that's that's crazy. We're gonna change that narrative from this point on <laughs> on the art of kings. You guys, you guys heard it here now. You got to think a bit. Think about it as back to back. Get that three sixty scope of of the world and everything. That's so dope, man. And so I, it's it's interesting that you say these things. I just heard a couple talking recently, and they were saying that they clash quote unquote, this is their own saying, you know, with no relationship expert to to kind of mediate for them. But they're saying that they were saying that they clash because they're both leaders. That's why they clash. And so when I heard that, I'm like, that really sucks because like, then what's the opposite of that? Would it mean that if you were a leader and then you were with like a follower, then you would have a better relationship? Like that doesn't really... That doesn't really seem one sided and it doesn't seem like it's as powerful as it could be. So I'm like, why is it that leader uh, two people who are leaders clash? Like it should be that you guys are both leaders and now you're a power couple. Like that's what that should mean, ideally. But I think a lot of relationships kind of experience that kind of same way because it is that subconscious competition that you were kind of talking about before. So it's true. And I'll give you a great example of how two leaders can lead. Yeah. But it's only through submission that they learn how to lead together. Mm-hmm. So, and and then just so you know, that's a very common thing where you get two very strong type A personalities mm-hmm. that think that oh, we're both leaders and that's why we clash. Mm-hmm. Absolutely true. It's because a true leader also knows how to follow. They mm-hmm. recognize when it's time to actually submit. That's why the, the why and crazy is yielding. When mm-hmm. you're driving a car and you're going in oncoming traffic and you see the yield sign, that yield sign doesn't say, Oh, stop where you're going. You can't reach your destination. You have to give away to everybody else and put your dreams on hold or throw your destination away. No, it means let the oncoming traffic go. Get They have the right of way. Get in there. Get in where you fit in. And then you'll eventually reach your destination. Hmm. You got to find your flow. Look at Jay-Z and Beyonce. Yeah. 
perfect example. Would you classify each of them as an extremely strong leader? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I definitely wasn't expecting you to bring them up, but that's crazy. Yeah. They're, they're, they're strong. When do they clash? When do they really mess up in the beginning? I mean, you heard everybody listen to Lemonade. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. It's a, it's a very, it's a story tell yeah. that I don't think people look at closely enough. Yeah. Jay was being J. Yeah, yeah, yeah. B was being B, Queen B. Right. And they butted heads. And until Solange, you know, had to regulate in the elevator. But anyway, um, no, but they did that. And what happened? They yeah. they clashed. Right. It wasn't until Jay-Z took a step back and said, you know what? Who am I? What am I really trying to do? What am I putting at risk? Mm-hmm. Beyonce had to sit back and say, okay, who am I as a leader, as a woman? So forth. And now all of a sudden, what? They're thriving? Yeah. They're on, that's bill, bill, not, yeah. not millionaires. <laughs> yeah. Billionaires. Yeah. Because you had two strong individuals that learned that, you know what? Maybe we're not both supposed to be in the driver's seat at all times. Mm-hmm. There's a time when Jay's supposed to drive. There's a time when B's supposed to drive. And don't trip about who's getting more time. Oh, right. it's gotta be 50. I want equal time in that driver's seat. Does it matter if your vehicle right. is, moving. is getting to the destination? Because look, if I'm not in the driver's seat, guess what? I'm in the passenger seat and I'm going to reap all the rewards that goes along with being in this vehicle. Mm-hmm. They recognize that. And they learn to lead together, but also they learn to yield to each other where it's most important. Mm. Oh man, that's come on, that's powerful right there. That's it's even just hearing that, right? There's a there's still like even through all the work, the personal work that I do, and you know all of that. There's even that still that little voice that's like that's and it's and it's much quieter than it was before. But it's that little voice that's still like. Nah, what are you talking about? Let your let your woman drive. Like, what do you? You must be crazy, right? All of us, and even me, doing that work, like, adamantly, like, constantly trying to do that work, it still kind of exists. So imagine how it is for so many men out here and so many community members. But just like think about what he just said, man. Look at how they are beyond thriving right now through that necessary work. And it's like, why? Kind of getting back to what we were saying before. Why do we even have those beliefs in the first place? Why do we even have that little voice? That's like your woman shouldn't be driving. Like, what is like, where does that come from? And really pinpoint it. And once we do that, man, our relationships and everything else will take off exponentially, man. Exponentially. Absolutely. Absolutely. But don't get it twisted. So let let me put it this way. I say all that. But let me add this little piece as well. Uh, I'm just going to say, you know, this isn't going to be about religion, but I I am a Christian. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you that when it's all said and done. The challenges that face most couples didn't arrive until a couple was created in the Bible. So when hmm. the enemy didn't arrive until there was a couple, God created the institution of marriage. And it wasn't until then that the devil in the Bible was actually introduced because hmm. the devil came up and or the serpent came up and said, oh, let me divide these individuals. And he created discord, right? Hmm. Tempted Eve, Eve ate the apple, gave some to Adam. Adam was like, oh, okay, babe, thank you. You know, I know I'm not supposed to do this, but I want to keep you happy. So let me do this thing. Nobody's ever going to know. I'm doing it in the shadows. When God came back, God's omniscient, knows everything. God came back into the garden. He said, Adam, where are you? He didn't call Eve like, oh, you messed up, woman. You did this. He called Adam. Man Mm. is still supposed to lead. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Man is still held responsible as a leader. Now, just because he's the leader doesn't mean that he can't sit in the driver's seat or he can't sit in the passenger seat. It just means that he's still held responsible for the actions of the whole yeah yeah and so i think that even comes about down to attracting the right partner because if you are going to listen to this uh kind of encouragement to yield where you know that you might not be the most expert on a topic or an area and you know that you know your woman could potentially be a little bit more knowledgeable on that and this is her strong suit and this is her you know time to lead and everything it's like you can't really, you know, you don't want to be with somebody you can't trust in that seat, who you can't vouch for. And so a lot of that leadership, I believe, from just that story alone comes from that decision making point and and the work that y'all do up until that point. Because then once she's in the driver's seat and then you can't be like turn and be like, whoa, 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 like, where are you going? Like, what are you like? What are you doing? Like, I thought that this was the 
thought this is where we were going. And I feel like that happens pretty often, but I think that that comes back down to the work that gets done before and, and the, the learning process. I think it's all part of the process as well. But just again, to, to address the couple or, or just the concept of the couple that you talked about, you, you can't be an effective leader if you don't know how to delegate. There, right. there, there isn't a single leader that's actually done anything worth doing or following that hasn't delegated a lot of work. Mm. You can't do it all. So right. to think you have to be the one in charge at all times, you have to actually have faith in the team that you build. The team, the original team, the most important team is going to be you and your spouse. So when you build that team, you have to have the faith that you can actually delegate certain things. Meaning like, okay, if I know that I owe the IRS every single year, but the person I chose to go back to back with is a CPA or has a stronger financial setting or is, is rocking an 800 credit score. Yeah. Why would I want to dictate how we run our finances to that individual? when I know I got the IRS knocking on my door every year. Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. And so now all that stuff is, is so powerful, man. It's so powerful. And I think definitely necessary for the community to hear. I got one more question before we wrap up today. And this one is kind of it's kind of uh, not on topic of, you know, what we were talking about becoming a husband. I think we touched on that a lot. And there's a lot of stuff that the community could definitely take away. A lot of stuff that I just took away. And so this question is just kind of general relationship stuff. And I'm curious. So I don't know the percentage of couples in America that get divorced um, or like relationships that end up in divorce. But I do think it's above 50 percent. I'm not completely sure. I think it's like 57 if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if you know. Is it is it around that area? It's around that area. So it varies depending upon, you know, each year new data comes out. Yeah. If you look at it, first-time marriages, approximately 50% of first-time marriages end in divorce. Mm. If it's a second marriage, approximately 63% of the marriages end in divorce. If it's your second marriage. If it's mm. a third marriage, it's 74%. Wow. Marriages wow. End in divorce. Cool. See, the huge challenge, people always look at, uh, if you're a statistics person, let's, let's talk baseball. Yeah. How do you make the Hall of Fame in baseball? If you can, if you're, and I'm not even a baseball guy, but I know that if I get up there, there's 10 pitches. If I hit three out of 10 pitches, I'm a Hall of Famer. Mm. I'm back 300, right? Right. So if I look at a marriage thinking, okay, if I'm going in, people talk about 50% of all marriages end up in divorce, I'm on the other side like, oh, so you're telling me that 50% of the marriages end up with lifelong partners that have nothing but joy, some challenges, some tribulations, but right. they have a lifelong commitment. I'm looking at that 50%. Right. That's what I want. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Now that's a fact. And so, but even with that being said, with the, with the 50%, so I just want to get your opinion on that. Do you think that so many couples get divorced because of how many couples do you think are actually getting divorced because like they genuinely just picked the wrong person? Or do you think that a lot of it is just like how people are with a lot of things in society? They quit too early. What do you think is the, what do you think is responsible for most of those divorces? I think that, the majority of marriages that end in divorce, particularly today, happen due to outside forces. Mm. And, and I'll tell you why. I don't, I'm not going to get the numbers right. right. There was an article released last week, and I want to say it was the, it might have been the Harvard Business Review. I read a lot of different journals. Yeah. Um, and I actually sent this to my wife for us to review for our podcast. But 40, 46%, I remember that number of the couples that end up getting divorced over the course of the last, I want to say it was the last 10 years. Hmm. Um, I wish I could remember this off the top, but was due to career choices, not aligning. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is wild. That's wild. And, it was, and, and I don't know if, if COVID had something to do with that, with everything, with the disruption that took place. Yeah. But the top three reasons I remember thinking had nothing to do. They didn't talk about the traditionals that you hear about. Oh, it's due to infidelity. Oh, it's due to, um, or, you know, it, it was it. Um, uh, uh, I can't remember what it was, but uh, due to like infidelity, 
due to us just not being able to get along mm-hmm. or finances, mm-hmm. the top three reasons had to do with exterior things. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I want to say one of them was like not being able to deal with the other person's family, like in-laws or that. Another yeah. one had to do with, but the number one thing was because of you know incompatibility of career choices. Oh, that's so. And I'm thinking these are things that you can control, and yeah. I'm not you have to quit your job in order to be with your spouse. But I am thinking that we can make better decisions in certain areas that should not alter who we marry or who we choose as a life partner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was really interesting. That's the first time I had ever seen like that. And as a matter of fact, as follow up, what I can do is uh, I'll look for that article and I'll send it to you as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm curious to look into it. Like stuff like that just is it gets me tight. <laughs> like for lack of a better for lack of a better word, like it just stuff like that doesn't sit well with me because I think what we could trace stuff like that back to is as society we don't we don't value or understand how powerful a relationship could be like so when i hear stuff like it didn't work out because of a career choice i'm like career stuff like 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 in the grand scheme of like like this is your partner like your woman like literally like y'all could build an empire together like if handled correctly if the work is done so i'm like something like a career decision like moving or something like that really you really put that over you know that potential it's crazy to me like crazy to me doesn't that come back to core values? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today, it's like, okay, so I'm looking at these and I'm thinking, okay, you know what? If we had conversations about what was most important to us, right? we would have these discussions before I sign on the dotted line for this contract or I do these different things because whatever we do is supposed to align with what we say is most important to us. And that's the other thing, having congruency around what we say and what we do. Mm, yeah. I love it, man. I think we, I think we touched on a lot of things, a lot of valuable topics for the audience, for myself as well. A lot of things to think about when it comes to your relationship, when it comes to the man that you want to be, that you can start to become right now, if you are willing to do the work. I think that'll be in your benefit to ask those questions that we spoke about before. Work on becoming that husband before you actually are married. So I want to close out if you could just leave some of the places that they could find you, check out all the work that you're doing and just anywhere that, you know, you want to leave for our audience, for them to interact with you, with the brand, leave it here. Let them know. I'll also include it in the description. I appreciate that. Thank you for your generosity. Um, Everything that we are on social media is at married into crazy. So everything, you know, whether it's going to be LinkedIn or uh, all social media, it's basically married into crazy. The one thing I do want to call out is uh, our website, marriedintocrazy.com. We can see everything that we're doing, but more specifically, raise the bar marriage.com is where we actually have an 18 part video training series that's self-paced. We talk about marriage, but it's really about relationships. It's relationship training. So we have premarital individuals that go through this and the beauty of it is you pay what you want. We're not putting a price tag on it because we don't want to create any barriers between you and that higher level of being when it comes to relationships, mm. when it comes to you finding that, that, that perfect partner, that person that you need to sit next to you and back to back. Mm. So you get to pay what you think the value is. So go ahead and check that out. Raise the bar mm. Look at the, some of the uh, testimonials that are there from a variety of different couples and see if it's right for you. And you can use that as self-paced training tool for you and your significant other. To, to really start putting in the work towards becoming a, a better version of yourself and raising the bar on your relationship. Absolutely. And I'll include all of that in the description. So guys, be sure to check that out in the description below. I'll also leave the, uh, leave the link to you guys' podcast, which I did subscribe to on uh, Apple Podcasts. And um, I'll leave the link to all the things, including the podcast. Guys, be sure to scroll down, check those out follow the podcast, check them out on, on, on the podcast as well. With all that being said, that concludes an incredible episode of the podcast. We'll see all of you guys next week. Peace. Peace family. Thanks for listening to another episode of the podcast. The art of Kings team is constantly working to create the best episodes and content for you guys so that we can further our mission and impact as many of our brothers as possible. However, we cannot do this alone. So we ask three things of the amazing community that will help us slowly but surely change the world. 
Firstly, we ask that you engage with the content. Our official Instagram is at underscore art of Kings underscore. Be sure to comment your thoughts on topics, share posts you find insightful, and of course, stay up to date on all of the latest news. Next, we ask that you share this podcast directly with one person that you feel could upgrade their life by joining our family. This is the most effective way to help build our community and give value to somebody you care for. Finally, we ask that you take action. Actually apply something that you heard on the podcast to your life today. The execution of knowledge is power, and we love to see the community win big. With all of that being said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and we'll see you next week. Peace. Oh,